0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our review of Green Book. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. We are now into episode five of our eight episode run. Um, oh, man. In number, in number counting, that seems like there's only three episodes left, but it doesn't count the episode we're in, uh, which is so sad. I
1: know. I know.
0: But uh, yeah, we still got a ways to go. The beginning... We got a
1: long trek. We want to make it home by Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. At this
0: point, this episode won't be
1: out by Christmas Eve. Uh, I kid. I kid. <laughs> Just so everyone knows how long it takes to, to edit things. It is currently November 26th. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Chris! <laughs> nice. How
0: dare you? How dare you? Um, yeah, we've recorded four episodes already tonight. I have four still in the can from the last session that we recorded. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be pretty late by the time. My goal is to get this out by, <laughs> yes, literally on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are here to talk about Green Book. What do you say, Stephen? We just get into the episode. I'm ready. All right, so we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Green Book, and then we're going to come back and give you a review.
2: Yeah, some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You, in the Deep South, there's going to be problems. Promise me you're gonna write me a letter. Promise. Yeah, Tell me that don't smell good. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right. I'm good. We'll be interacting with some of the wealthiest people in the country. It is my feeling that your addiction Oof. could use some finessing. Fine, but why are you breaking my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balalonga dear dolores i saw dr shirley play the piano he's like a genius i think come on take it i prefer not to get grease on my blanket Ooh, i'm gonna get grease on my blanket this gentleman says that i'm not permitted to dine here i'm afraid not how does he smile and shake their hands like that because it takes courage to change people's hearts what are you doing a letter may i dear dolores Sometimes you remind me of a house. You know this is pathetic, right? Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I have ever done. P.S. Kiss kids? That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of is a seven. That's good. It's perfect, Toby. Hey, come on, get out. Yeah. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. Your own people. You, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then <laughs> tell me, Tony, what am I? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. For your music, what you do, only oh, you can do that. What do we do about the bones? We do this. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up, Tony. Squirrels would eat it anyway. Pick it up.
0: All right. That was the trailer for Green Book. It is, I guess, based loosely or not loosely on a real-life story. Um... But it is basically the story of this young black man who is a piano virtuoso and he is getting ready to embark on a trip through the deep south um, to perform his music that he plays on his pianos. And um, he needs uh, both a driver and maybe a little protection for places that he's going the south that may not appreciate the presence of a young black man. Um, And he uh, hires a young Italian man who uh, he's in the uh, (laughs) – now I forget the word (laughs) – Public relations. Public relations. Um, But he he hires a young man who um, himself is not exactly a woke person. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a film about their travels um, along this concert tour that they're doing and sort of the the bond that these two men form together and how uh, one might show the other one the simple times and one might show the other person, like, how to be more accepting of the people that he is around. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film?
1: I thought this was a perfectly nice, heartwarming movie that could have come out in the (laughs) mid-90s. um and like you wouldn't even know the difference if it came out in the mid-90s like it isn't surprising to me that this was directed by peter farley of the farley brothers because it it feels very much like of that ilk like it not that it is like dumb and dumber or something about mary (laughs) but it feels like a thing that is like a kind of easy to watch family-ish comedy that like pushes a few boundaries but not far enough that anyone is going to really rumple any feathers um it's hard to talk about this movie because this movie is ostensibly about race, you know, and this is not a good movie about race. Like, like by those standards, this is certainly not. Like, if this wins a bunch of Academy Awards and like Black Klansman doesn't get nominated, it's going to be driving Miss Daisy all over again, right? It's going to be really awkward and yeah, uncomfortable man. because this is just a a very lighthearted, silly. Feel-good movie. Th- this, so both Joanna and I said at the end of this movie, this is like if Black Klansman didn't have that ending. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is basically the, you know, fantasy idea of, you know, the, the black character and the gruff white character sit in a long car and settle their differences, and by the end they're going to be best buds, and yeah. that's going to be the end of the whole story. Um, So I need to, like, set that aside for a second when I talk about what I like about this movie, because... This doesn't do that great at all. But I feel like not every movie can be piercing. Not every movie can be really pushing the envelope. You know, there's a place for all of the, like, really interesting, difficult movies that we've seen this year. This feels like a movie that I would bring, like, a vaguely prejudiced uncle to, right? Like, someone who thinks he means well, but is just kind of stuck <laughs> in his ways, you know? And, like... Loki prejudice. Yeah, and and, like maybe by the end he would learn a little something right it's like a very like shallow lessons but they're they're nicely felt right it it, it feels warm like mahershala ali is unfortunately not really a star in this movie it is very much vigo's movie like yeah. whatever the trailer makes you think this is the vigo mortensen show where mahershala just plays the role of like the the catalyst for minor changes that will happen in vigo's character yeah I mean, and,
0: yeah vigo's like the simple man who just literally is just completely oblivious to the thing the the opinions that he has yeah I mean,
1: and and it, like it isn't surprising by the way that this is a movie written by his son <laughs> the son of the actual tony lip okay. um yeah the screenplay was written by see i also don't remember how to pronounce the last name uh but nick valalonga <laughs> um, sounds, sounds about right <laughs> yeah so uh, this is definitely like an homage to his dad right and in so doing he gets to look pretty nice like even though we get little bits of him being prejudiced in the beginning and he says some things and does some things that are kind of gruff he's mostly seen as like the everyman that just doesn't know any better and if he got the chance to empathize with people he would empathize and everything would turn out great and watching this as like a comedy starring Vico Mortensen about a rugged you know italian guy from the bronx who has to learn about this world he's never seen before it was charming like i don't know i I was charmed by it I, i felt like it was perfectly nice perfectly happy the sort of movie i would take like relatives to and expect to have a nice thanksgiving weekend surely that is why it came out this weekend is because this is the feel good bring your relatives to and feel like you learned something role um It is sparkly and cheesy. Like, you compared it to On the Basis of Sex. You probably will continue to do that. I think this is definitely, like, a step above On the Basis of Sex in the sense that it it is obviously didactic. Like, it's hitting you over the head with with its themes, but not in the way of, like, every line feels like it has to mean something and every line has historical significance. Like, a lot of this movie is just watching the shtick of this, like, Tony character be... A little bit abrasive and a little bit dumb, and watching him like slowly learn the ways of the world better and <laughs> how to write love letters. Yeah, how to write love letters, like silly, silly. You remind like, me of a house. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect, Tony. Where, where you know Linda Cardellini is in love with it, but of course she knows that's not the man she married. Blah 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 blah. I I don't know what to say. It it, it felt. It isn't as good as, like, even La La Land, I would say, because it doesn't have the razzle-dazzle, but it felt kind of like one of those, like, love letters to the old-school, easier form of Hollywood. And I think, like, for what it is, it's a perfectly fine holiday movie that should absolutely not get any Academy Awards this year. Yeah, But I, I, I had nothing to dislike about it. I was totally charmed by it. It was an enjoyable way to cap off this long, long, long blitz of movies throughout the rest of the weekend. And I think, like... I don't know. There's got to be some Trumpy people who relate to Tony, right, and his <laughs> ruggedness. And if he can learn to accept people, because things at the Copa, you know, stay at the Copa. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I was, I was charmed more than I expected it to be, but I don't think it is reaching for any great heights, and it certainly is not saying anything great about race in America. Yeah. Um. I. I. I think I saw.
0: I first saw the trailer for this film online. Um. And I. When I watched the trailer, I was like, woof, this this film looks fucking rough.
1: The trailer looks real bad.
0: Yeah, I I just assumed that this was going to be like a straight to VOD sort of film. Um, And then I saw the trailer in theaters and I'm like, well, I guess that means at least some theaters are going to be playing this. And it was definitely one of those things where the trailer like really, really, really uh, – uh, just just became more and more grown worthy every single time I saw it. Um, we decided that we would catch it this weekend just because. And um, I think that the film is not necessarily grown worthy. It, it I mean it's it's the characters have enough charisma to kind of draw you along and have you want to kind of have fun with them along this journey. You had the fun thing of like Vigo Mortensen being like this simple man and uh Marshall ali it's the odd couple basically yeah 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 and he's he's sort of like the very highbrow very proper person who's teaching the simple man how to be a, a real human being mm-hmm. and uh you're kind of watching the story and it's all sort of set within this place and it's sort of about him learning that like maybe his ways aren't aren't like his ideas about who people are are not the way the world actually is and i think that um The reason I kind of compared it to On the Basis of Sex is that that film is not – that film is is very much a film about you trying to be like, yeah, like let's clap at this moment or feel more – like see the way the Harvard professor is, or whatever, and kind of feel like we're better than like it. it it's the idea of like everybody gets to clap long when the when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg gets to like one up one of these men in this situation, and, it, and it's sort of like a film where it's like everything is nice and pleasant, and the lessons. Aren't lessons for anybody because nobody is going to watch this film that isn't already on the side of the film, and the film is just really just giving you little moments to cheer with a crowd of people who are all sort of of the same mind, ready to watch this film and celebrate uh, the the like boiled down, reduced, simple ideas about who this person is. And I think that this film is sort of the same way; like it's not doing anything. Nobody's going to watch this film and suddenly change
1: their mind about how they see other people see I, I disagree a little bit but we'll get to that in a second really yeah um i think there's one instance where they might is does it involve uh people in the rain shouting at each other yeah it involves a conversation that was much more
0: well done in blind spotting <laughs> oh, okay uh, no so so i mean that that scene in the trailer there's that scene where Marshall Ali is yelling if i'm not black enough and i'm not white enough then what i am i mm-hmm. and in the trailer it felt very much like a trailer moment but I think that in the film, that moment actually does feel emotionally sound. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it it is, it is a simple man saying something stupid where he should be putting his foot in his mouth, but he doesn't understand how stupid what he is saying is. Um, and he's he, he I mean, should we just spoil what he says? Sure. Yeah. Um, so it, it, they're in the car, and basically Vigo Mortensen's character is. Arguing with Marshall Ali's character, saying that Vigo is more black than than uh, Dr. Shirley?
1: Uh, Don Shirley. Don yeah.
0: Shirley. Uh, um, he's basically saying he's more black than him because he's from, like, this whatever part of the Bronx. And, like, he just, like, he's, like, from the streets and blah, blah, blah. And he's making – He's a, basically
1: like, making the, like, it's not about race, it's about poverty. Yeah, argument. yeah.
0: And Marshall Ali is, like – talking about like yes he does live in this castle and stuff but he did it because he doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere and it's sort of this moment where like he, so this entire film we see him being this very proper person like make sure you enunciate everything you're saying use the correct words and in this moment he becomes a different character and he breaks this facade that he has sort of built around making himself feel like there's just like it, it I, to me it felt like a really powerful moment of this one character breaking who he is as a character in front of this other man because he's actually getting emotional. He, he, he like, He's sort of like Spock in mm-hmm. this film where he's like, I do not have emotions and I am super proper and everything is logical. Yeah. But in this moment, he breaks down and he's like, no, like, I don't belong to anything. You're an idiot, but also like, I don't feel like I belong with any group. That's why I kind of pull myself away from society and I just live in this place where I surround myself with things that I like. And it, I think it is an actual, like it's an honest to goodness powerful moment for that character (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and i i really it, it didn't necessarily it's not a teachable moment for people watching the film but it was amazing to watch this character who can't have any breaks in the armor that he's built around himself suddenly have that whole world collapse where you can have this moment and Vigo sort of does and doesn't understand it, but he kind of is like, "Yeah, hey, let's just get in the car and drive. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know.
1: Anyway, I, I like, I, I hear you. And the scene is mostly powerful for the way that, uh, Mahershala Lee has kind of like built up this character so he can break him slightly. And yeah, yeah. It, it is basically, uh, Aubrey Plaza and Parks and Rec and like a bunch of other people where like they build up a stoic facade. So when they break just a little bit, then it means a lot because yeah. it, you've seen the comparison. Um, my only – my feeling there is I feel like there are a lot of people – again, you imagine imagine young people bringing relatives to this movie, right? Like so somebody really wanted to see it and someone else is begrudgingly going to watch it. Nobody thinks they're racist, right? Nobody thinks like, yeah, I can use that word. It's great. Like at least nobody watching the movie is going to think that way. Yeah. But I bet a lot have in their own home used the argument of like, There's not really a race problem in America anymore. It's about poverty, you know. I mean, I got more in common with these people than anyone. I'm the son of an immigrant. Like, why am I any different? Blah, blah, blah. And I do think this movie, even if, like, very didactically, I think it does bludgeon that repeatedly and be like, no, this is different. No, this is different. Like, the most well-off black guy in the world is still worse off in a lot of ways because of the system in America. So they are, like, little lessons. I wouldn't give any other movie brownie points for it because it's really obvious, but there was just something sweet enough about this movie where I I just imagined, like, stubborn old Italian men from the Bronx watching it (laughs) and being, like, incrementally more, like, softened by it. And something kind of charmed me about that idea. But obviously it's, quote, problematic for many reasons. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially the... This movie is basically not bookended, but there are two parallel moments in this movie where a cop car pulls someone over, and the second one that closes off the movie is just like putting a cherry on top of like how totally shallow and like fantasy this movie is <laughs> yeah. in a pretty silly way. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, we can all be saying something profound. I think this movie had its heart in the right place. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: it, it's it's uh. Yeah, as you said, it's like it's, it's it's a very simple attempt to be warm-hearted film that is isn't isn't going to change minds. It's not doing anything profound, but like people can watch and enjoy it and kind of just be like,
1: yeah. I also I think Vigo does a good job. Like he he's playing a comic role. It's funny to have seen him go from Captain Fantastic, where he's the most pretentiously liberal piece of shit ever. <laughs> To now being, like... This.
0: The most conservative piece of
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, he, he just... His, his range here. And he goes from taking himself so seriously to not seriously at all. Like, I think the trailer feels extra grown worthy because you don't know what tone the movie is supposed to be. Yeah. So in the trailer, you see him, and it's like, whoa, that's that's who you're going to be in this movie? But in in the actual movie, I feel like there's a lot of, like, very funny comedy. He gets a lot of, like, little one-liners at people, and, like silly quotes where he's like this gruff guy and the fish out of water aspect is funny so i think i think he sells it fine yeah yeah i was happy to see him
0: there's some great comedy around a rock oh yeah yeah. a lot of
1: rock (laughs) i i did think the kfc bit was a bit (laughs) groan worthy it wasn't it didn't play any better in the movie than it did in the trailer
0: (laughs) true I, I did like the the other KFC joke, which is not in the trailer, about them being driving through Kentucky yep. and getting Kentucky Fried Chicken and him being like,
1: what are the chances? I like him mistaking the Russian for German repeatedly. I thought that was yeah, silly. Yeah, that, that
0: was pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And a little, a little line that he gets at uh, one of the musicians where he's like, oh, another turtleneck. Way to shake things up. <laughs> that one was maybe my MVP line. I laughed a lot at that bit.
0: I'll be honest, I don't even remember that line from the movie. It was
1: great, and it was just, like, snuck in early in the movie. Uh, I feel, I want to believe Vigo just ad-libbed half of this movie. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, this will probably be one of our shortest reviews, but should we just get to verdicts? Sure. <laughs> all right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: Out of the goodness of my heart, I'm bumping it to a recommend with a caveat. <laughs> I felt warm-hearted. I didn't feel grown worthy I slipped in very quickly to a, like, this is not saying anything profound at all. This movie is not going to settle any questions. But it felt like a warm, kind movie that, like, a lot of people would enjoy this holiday season. And... I don't, know, good good on it. It was nice and simple. <laughs>
0: um I'm going to give it a wait for rental. I feel like this is the type of film where if you didn't want to see it, you won't like do yourself a solid by seeing it. If you did want to see it, it's it's fine enough to like have in, like I was entertained watching this film. I just it didn't it's not it's definitely not going stick to with, stick with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm almost regretting the with caveat, but I'm trying <laughs> I'm sticking with it, <laughs> goddammit. It's all for Vigo's accent.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this review of Green Book. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you that week, where can they do that?
1: They can go to twitter.com slash S David Miller or S David Miller dot com.
0: Uh, people can find me at Christopher dot com or twitter dot com slash Christopher uh, you can find the podcast over at the spoiler where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want if you want to subscribe to the show you can do so in overcast stitcher apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like I said, facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the spoiler or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to green book um so hopefully you are enjoying that and uh yeah that is the review we are going to go hop in our whatever model car that was mm. i'm not a car person i'm not a car person but and green we're gonna... car
1: <laughs> nope <laughs> 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 so
0: we're, we're gonna go hop in that <laughs> and head off onto the road <laughs> so we can bring you a review of the Ballad of
1: buster scruggs and uh yeah we'll see you in that review now a serious question first If this wins a Best Picture nod, how old do you think the median Oscar voter will have to have been? (laughs) And how white?
0: Very old. They had to be be about the age of the characters (laughs) during when this film was supposed to take place.
1: No, the age of the characters now. (laughs) Oh, that's what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Thinking all smart-like.
0: During the actual time this depicts, they would have to be equal age to them then, which means now they would be older. I don't understand none of that. <laughs> I'm going to go get get on working on my letters. Give me the gobble Stephen. Steven, you remind me of a house
1: with lots of people in it that are happy. <laughs> and it makes me happy too.